0: Welcome to the Heart for the World Church Sermon Podcast. It is our desire that you will be greatly encouraged as Pastor Dale Walker and others bring a fresh word from God directly to your heart. Be blessed. Alrighty. Awesome. Yay, Nick. Where's Nick? Good job, Nick. That was awesome. I loved it. Alrighty. Well, I'm excited. I feel so honored to be up here in front of you guys and just to share with you what the Lord has spoken in my life. And um, I want to share that with you. Um, today we're going to, you know, we're starting a series about encounters with Jesus. And today I want to talk especially about one encounter um, that, you know, raised some eyebrows and it was frowned upon. But nonetheless, it was an encounter that forever marked the life of of this woman that we're going to see and the people that were there present. So you know what? We're going to dive right into the word of God. We're going to go to Luke chapter 7, um, Luke Luke chapter 7, uh, verse 37. I'm sorry, 36. We're going to start with that verse. And it says, when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, so she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who he is who is touching him and what kind of woman she is that she is a sinner jesus answered him simon i have something to tell you tell me teacher he said two people owed money to a certain money lender one owed him 500 denarii and the other 50 <clears throat> neither of them had the money to pay him so he forgave the debts of both how now which of them will love him more. Simon replied, "'I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven?' "'You have judged correctly,' Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, "'Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her hair, with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss.' But this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put an oil put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. What we see here and what we're reading is an encounter experience of worship. This woman didn't sing the the latest and most popular song on the Christian charts. Uh, She didn't have a band backing her up. But make no mistake, what happened in that room that night was worship. And it was a particular kind of worship, something no one else had seen before. And the ones present reacted in different ways so the points I want to make out make about um, this encounter are to make us reflect on and ask ourselves what kind of worship am I offering God is my worship showing how much I've been forgiven is it showing how much I'm thankful is it showing how much hunger I have how much I long for Jesus. You see, because worship is an instinctive response to God's attributes and his works. Worship is pouring our hearts out to God for who he is and what he has done for us. It actually doesn't have to do with us and all to do with God. This woman that we see in this story had a revelation of who Jesus was and what he was able to do for her. Her condition had nothing to do with whether she was able to worship or not. She did it anyway. Without a doubt, what this woman did at the feet of Jesus symbolizes extravagant worship. Now, let me just set this up a little bit because we got to understand who this woman was. And first of all, let me just say this she was a woman. (laughs) In that time, a woman couldn't do what she did. She couldn't come in to a room filled with men and just burst in and did what she did. It was frowned upon. This was a woman that was a sinner. And that she had experienced Jesus. And she came and she just poured out her worship to the master. And it was an extravagant worship. Now, I went to where we all go whenever we have a doubt about a word. Google. (laughs) So I looked up extravagant. And this is what it says. The uh, Merriam-Webster dictionary said says that is, is extravagant is exceeding the limits of reason or necessity, lacking. And I repeat that word. I'm going to emphasize lacking in moderation, balance, and restraint. That is what extravagant is. That's the definition of it. So. We're going to see some key points of this encounter, of this extravagant worship that this uh, woman came and give, gave the Lord. Some key points about this particular encounter. Number one, Jesus was invited, but not experienced. Jesus was invited, but not experienced. Simon Simon was a religious guy. He was a religious leader of the time. You know, he obeyed the law. He um, gave out the law for other people to obey. He was a well-respected man. He had all his ducks in a row. And, you know, he invited Jesus over to his house. And, you know, we can maybe tell by his thoughts that his invitation to Jesus was not a very well-intended one. Uh, When the woman began her act of worship, he immediately judged the woman, but not only the woman, he judged Jesus. Remember when we read, when she started to do that, he thought to himself, if this guy knew, if this guy was a prophet, if this guy is who he says he is, he would know, Who's touching him she's a sinner now we need to realize that just because jesus is in the room doesn't mean that he will be experienced you can be surrounded by god's presence and it still not have an effect on you why why does this happen sometimes why do sometimes we're with worship music maybe, or we come to church and it's it just feels so awesome, but nothing happens? Well, I'm going to give you some points, okay? Number one is that an encounter requires two parties. An encounter requires two parties. I went to Google again. And I looked up encounter. And it says that it is a particular kind of meeting or experience with another person. We cannot have an encounter by ourselves. Okay, we need another person to have an encounter. A a particular meeting or experience, it says. Uh, So it takes two for an encounter to work. If I'm not interested in an encounter, guess what? It's not going to happen. Basically, my Saturday evenings, right? I don't want to have an encounter with anyone whatsoever. Please don't call. No, I'm just kidding. But yes. Revelation. Let's go to Revelation real quick. Chapter 3, verse 20 says this. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. I love that last part of this verse because it's so important and it's very key to this. Jesus, yes, Jesus wants to be with us, but guess what? He also wants us to be with him. I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. And they with me. He will never force us to it. He says, the Bible says that he, he, he is waiting outside the door. He is knocking. Amen? It's all about us opening the door for him, never about him forcing an entry. Simon opened the door to his house, but did not open the door to his heart. And he did not experience God. Simon thought that religion was all he needed to have an experience with God, not knowing that God himself was in his house looking for way much more than just religion. Simon said, I've got all my check box, boxes checked. And I think I deserve for Jesus to come to my house. I might even teach him a thing or two. We gotta be careful with that, right? An encounter requires two people, two parties. Jesus says, Come, I'm knocking at the door. Will you open? Will you experience me? Another thing is that an encounter with Jesus is birthed out of hunger. You know, this sinner woman was not invited to the party. <laughs> she wasn't invited. Have you ever gone to a party where you're not invited? Don't lie. (laughs) Especially if, you you know what I'm talking about. Especially if if you're Mexican and there's a quinceanera. (laughs) They invite one and the whole family comes along. Si o no? (laughs) Well, this lady wasn't invited to the party. She was not invited over. She was the last person that Simon thought of seeing in her house, in his house. But you know what? She was hungry. She was hungry. She could have shied away. I'm I'm sure that she had these thoughts. I'm not worthy enough. I've failed too many times. Another rejection, I don't think I can take that. They're gonna mock me, they're gonna criticize me. I'm sure these thoughts went through her mind, but none of those thoughts stopped her. She was hungry. She was hungry for love, she was hungry for acceptance, grace, mercy. You see, where Simon thought he deserved having Jesus over, this woman ran to Jesus hoping to be found worthy. Are you hungry for God? Am I hungry for Jesus? Am I hungry for an experience, an encounter with Jesus? An encounter with Jesus is birthed out of hunger. My wife, she's a nutritionist. For those that didn't know, you know, my wife, uh, that's her career. She's a nutritionist. So if you need anything, just call 1-800-EAT-WELL. And I'm just kidding. Don't call that number. Nobody's going to (laughs) answer. My wife is a nutritionist. And one of the things that she always tells my children is to not eat too much junk food before lunch or dinner. You know why she says that? Because then they won't be hungry for a nutritious meal. She tells them, don't eat junk food before lunch. She sometimes tells me too. (laughs) But my point is that we must be hungry if we want to have an encounter with Jesus. The problem is that way too many times we get filled with so many other things that we lose appetite for Jesus. Our issues might be filling our hearts, filling our hearts with worry, with fear, with anxiety, with shame. Or even our religious efforts might be quenching our hunger, thinking, we're okay. I'm fine. With just coming to church as just one more thing that I have to do in the list, I'm fine. But we must not let these things stop us from coming to the encounter that Jesus wants to have with us. But rather, like this woman, we should just grab all those things and say, this is why I need to go with him. This is why I need to have an encounter with him. I need Jesus. I'm hungry for Jesus. Amen. Another thing is that an encounter happens when we deeply appreciate God's grace. An encounter happens when we deeply appreciate God's grace. You know, this woman, even in her condition, she had a deep revelation of Jesus' grace. A deep revelation, a deep sense of God's grace this very realization took off whatever lived that could have stopped her from encountering Jesus. It was the awe of, he loves me? (laughs) He loves me? He accepts me? He forgives me after all I've done? After all the mess-ups? After the terrible week I've had? He accepts me? That should drive us to pour our heart out, our love out in the way that this woman did. Because you see, it all starts with him. It all starts with Jesus. Nothing that we do comes naturally from us. It is is a stir in our heart. That comes from the awareness that it's because of him that I am saved. It's because of him that I am loved. It's because of him that I am free. It's because of him that I'm forgiven. And that's what takes me to worship and have an encounter with Jesus. This love, this grace, this mercy draws us near to him. And the Bible says that when we draw near, he draws near. We have that beautiful encounter with Jesus. Amen. Amen. May God give us a deep sense, awareness of his grace and his mercy in our lives. Amen? Amen. Another, another, uh, observation about this story is that extravagant worship does not measure cost. And it's implicit in its its definition. Extravagant worship does not measure cost. We read that the definition is that it's lacking restraint. It's lacking moderation. I want us to read another parallel passage In Mark, we'll we'll read it later, but there is another parallel passage of Mark uh, where we are told that the alabaster box that this woman broke at the feet of Jesus was worth more than a year's salary. Now, that's a lot, right? Now, don't get scared. I'm not asking you to give your year's salary to the Lord, okay? But... This just comes to show that this woman was not only hungry for acceptance, but was willing to give her most precious gift to Jesus because of what he had done for her. She didn't measure the cost. And there's, a, there's a version of Luke 7, verse 43 to 47. Um, it's the message. And I want to read it to you because I love how it says it here. Uh it says, do you see this woman? I came to your home. You provided no water for my feet, but she rained tears on my feet and dried them with her hair. You gave me no greeting, but from the time I arrived, she hasn't quit f- kissing my feet. You provided nothing for, refresh- for refreshing enough, but she has soothed my feet with perfume. Impressive, isn't it? She was forgiving, forgiven many, many sins, and so she is very, very grateful. I want to read that again. She was forgiven many, many sins, and so she is very, very grateful. The question to be asked here is, what has the Lord done for you? What has the Lord done for you? has he done enough (laughs) just these past few weeks we were we were remembering the sacrifice of jesus where he was tortured he was whipped he he was spit on he was cursed he he was put a, a a crown of thorns he was nailed to the cross he did all this for whom for you for me Now, this is not a guilt trip I'm inviting you on. This is an invitation to reflect on the many things that God has done for us. That the very minimum that we can do is to offer our worship not mattering how much it could cost. Now, the thing is, (laughs) that sometimes we want to measure our worship i'll just lift my hands up to here i'll i'll sing softly you know i mean i came to church that should do it no let's read how mark tells the story now we're going to go to mark mark chapter 14 verse 3 Look what it says. While he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar, a very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She opened the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Does it say that? What does it say? She broke the jar. She broke the jar. Now, this has a beautiful implication to it. Hear me out here. When the jar was broken, the perfume flowed without restraint. There was no measuring of what came out or how the perfume came out. You see, what happens with us is that we open our jar. Ouch. If you can't say amen. Amen. You can say, ouch. (laughs) We open our jar. Ah, This this week didn't go too good, so I'll open my jar. Just a little pour. That should be enough. Uh, This morning, my wifey and my kids gave me a hard time. So two or three drops. That'll do. Or I've messed up too much. It's been a rough week. I can hardly open the jar. Jesus is asking for us to come to break the jar. Jesus is looking for those that would come broken, broken, pouring their hearts. Without measure, look at Psalms 103. I love this psalm, uh, the first verses one through five. Look what it says: Praise the Lord, my soul; all my inmost being, praise His holy name. We have a song that we sing based on this psalm: Ten thousand reasons. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all His benefits who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. These are all the things that God does and continues to do for us. And David tells his soul, you know what you need to do? (laughs) You need to worship. You need to praise. When we reflect on how much God has done for us and he continues to do for us, we must not let any lid obstruct our worship. We should come and break the jar. And there's many lids that we deal with. There's many lids that we deal with, like... The lid of fear, the lid of sadness, depression, anxiety, the lid of anger, even self-righteousness, you know, a, a religious lid. That can become a hindrance for us to experience a powerful encounter with God. But one of the lids that I, I want to mention today that really um, is, is just the lid that can hindrance your worship to God in whatever situation, whether it be in your prayer closet or here at the church, is the lid of shame. Shame. Let's see how shame hinders our praise. You know, sometimes we hear the voice of the enemy Saying what Simon was thinking, you're a sinner. You're a sinner. How dare you? How dare you? And shame is put on us, and we shy away from. Offering our lives to Jesus. Offering our worship to Jesus. Coming to an encounter with him because of shame. And you know what? Shame is the enemy's tactic to keep you away from God's grace. And guess what? It works. If we allow it, it works. There's so many that are deprived from God's grace because of shame you know what the, the, the saddest part of this is? That sometimes we even think that God is the one that is telling us, do not get close to me. I'm holy. You stink. It remembers me of the, of the story of the prodigal son. He came back home and he stunk. Big time. And the father, father, when he saw him coming, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure he could smell him all the way from there, from where he was. And he didn't say, ah, stop, go take a shower, dress up, get some perfume on, and then come and say hi. No? He ran to him and embraced him. Shame off you. And love on you. God doesn't say that. God doesn't say don't come close to me. That is far from true. We see it again and again in the Bible with some very interesting characters. I want you to go with me through this list. Noah got drunk. Sarah was impatient. Abraham lied. Jacob was a con man joseph was a slave moses had a stutter gideon was a chicken samson was a womanizer elijah had suicidal thoughts jonah ran away from god peter denied jesus the disciples fell asleep when they were supposed to be praying that one landed really close ouch the Samaritan woman had five husbands and the one that she was with was a lover. Paul was a murderer. Interesting. And God came to the encounter with each and everyone on this list. There's no shame. Like I said before, shame off you. Love on you. There is nothing that you have done that will keep God away from you. If you come running, God will run faster. Understand that a worship encounter has nothing to do with who you are, where you've been, or what you've done. It has to do with the God that wants to do great things in your life. It has to do with who he is, what he has done, and what he wants to do with you, in you, and through you. That is the God that wants to encounter you just to start wrapping things up. How can I have a worship encounter experience? How can I have that? Well, number one, come just as you are. Come just as you are. I love this in Isaiah 1, chapter 1, verse 18. And I love how it starts. And this is the Lord speaking. Come now, let's settle this. Orale. Let's get serious. Let's settle this. I am about to tell you how I'm going to settle it. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. And it's settled. And there's nothing, no one. No one can do about it. If he says it, it's done. So just come. <laughs> come just as you are. You don't have to have your ducks in a row. Come with all your hurts, your habits, your hangups. It's Jesus' specialty to mend broken hearts. It's his desire to wipe the slate clean and have a fresh start. When Jesus came to earth, he didn't come down to a saved people. (laughs) He came down to a lost people. He came down to a lost people. We were lost. He came. So now he's calling us to come. To come home where we belong. Come just as you are. Well, This morning, while I was just uh, reviewing, and going over the sermon again, uh, when I was in this part of the, the sermon, just this hymn came to me. Um, and it goes something like this. Look at the words, and I love it. It says, softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. See on the portals, he's waiting and watching, watching for you
1: and for me. Come home, come home. Ye who are weary, come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling.
0: Calling, oh sinner, come home. I'm going to get a bonus because I'm going to sing another verse that I didn't sing in the other two um, services. Oh, for the wonderful love he has promised. Promised for you and for me. Though we have sinned, he has mercy and pardon, pardon for you and for me.
1: Come home, come home, ye who are weary, come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling. Calling, oh
0: sinner, come home. What I love about this, what I love about this is it's saying softly, tenderly, Jesus is calling. He's at the door. Softly and tenderly. He's not saying, come over here right now. No. He's calling softly, tenderly. He loves you. And then it says, the the, the song says that, he says, oh sinner, come home. What does this mean? It means that he knows exactly, he knows exactly who you are what you've done, what you're going through, why you're going through. And he loves you. And he's calling, come home. Number two, how can I have a worship experience, an encounter? Pour your perfume at the feet of Jesus your perfume psalms uh chapter 40 verse 3 he says he put a new song in my mouth a hymn of praise to our god he put a new song in your mouth your worship is like no other it's unique your perfume has a unique fragrance before the throne of god He longs to hear your song. He longs to see your acts of worship, of reverence to the Lord. Don't worry about what others do or how they worship. Don't worry about that. This encounter is between you and Jesus. Bow. Dance. Lift your hands. Shout. Sing at the top of your lungs. Kneel. Fall face to the ground. All these are expressions of deep gratitude to the Lord. The Bible gives us uh, many ways to praise and worship our God. And I'm just going to go through a list really, really quick. Okay. Uh, number one is singing, the most common one that we know, right? Singing. Psalms uh, 47, verse 6 to 7 says, Sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises to our King, sing praises. For the God is King of all the earth. Just in case you didn't get it, sing to him a psalm of praise. Sing, 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 sing. This is a way that we can worship our God, that we can express gratitude to our Lord by singing. And y'all did a good job this morning. Wow, it's incredible psalms 47 verse 1 clapping and shouting clap your hands all you nations shout to god with cries of joy amen and you know what that involves noise it's gonna be noisy it's gonna be loud and that's okay i remember one time they told me hey God's, why are you shouting? Why is there so much noise? God's not deaf. And I was like, well, he's not nervous either. You can make noise to the Lord. Psalm, Psalm 149, 3, we can also dance and make music to the Lord. Let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with timbrel and harp. What the psalmist is saying here is that you can bust a move for Jesus. (laughs) Amen. You can make music for Jesus. Psalms 141 verse 2 says, praying and lifting hands. May my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. When we take that time to go into our our alone time with Jesus in prayer, that's beautiful incense before the Lord, worship before our God. The lifting of our hands in in the congregation, that's beautiful worship to our God, like a sacrifice to Him. Because you know what this means? This means I surrender. I surrender, Jesus. It's all about you. And I know you got this. I surrender. And lastly, Psalms 95.6 says, bowing and kneeling. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. We can bow, we can kneel, we can fall flat on the ground in reverence, and worship to our God. Okay, you have no excuse now. I've given you some ways that you can worship the Lord here in the congregation, at home, wherever you are, in your car. You know, some of the best worship times have happened in my car. When I'm alone driving, I remember one... I remember one time I went to uh, drop off my wife and her sister in Albuquerque, they were gonna go visit, their sister. And um, on the way back, I came alone, and on the way back, I put some oldies on, like from the 90s, and this is from the Mexican. Why are you laughing? (laughs) 90s is oldies for me, okay? And (laughs) I was hearing uh, for you uh, that, you know, heard this music, Marcos Weed, um, Torre Fuerte, all these kinds of, 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 of people. And I put them on and I was just bawling my, my eyes out, just worshiping God. Just have those times. Take time to just encounter God wherever you are at. And lastly, I'm going to ask the worship team to come. How to have an encounter with Jesus is simply receive his love. Receive his love. Again, I'm going to emphasize, shame off. Shame off. This woman, she came before Jesus knowing what they might say about her. But that didn't stop her. She went directly to worship him. An encounter, as I said before, takes two. So make no mistake. Jesus will meet you right where you are. And he wants to pour out his love to you. Receive the love of Jesus. You know, there's no winning with God when it comes to give. When it comes to giving, there's just no winning with him. When you come and you worship without measure, when you give an extravagant worship, when there is no restraint, no measuring, you know what he does? He will not only match you, but he will pour out even more upon you than you could imagine or think. Look what Ephesians 3, verse 20 says. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. To whom? To whom be all glory, to him that can do immeasurably more than what we can imagine or think. You know, there's some of you here that came thinking, it's going to be one more Sunday. It's church as usual some of you that came here thinking I might get a little blessing. I might worship a little bit. I don't think I'm going to receive much. It's just going to be another Sunday, a routine of every week. I want to tell you today that that God whom is worthy of all the glory He is here in this place, and he wants to do much more, way much more than what you can think or imagine that he could do. What is the best thing? Just picture this. What is the best thing that you think that God could do for you now, this moment? Well, he wants to do way much more. Would you stand with me? First of all, I just want to, I want to ask you if we could all just close our eyes, bow our heads. and Maybe there's someone here. You came today and maybe it was like your last resort. It's just like, this is my last time trying. And you know what? God wants to encounter you today. Maybe there's someone here that has not had an encounter with Jesus. And today Jesus wants to encounter you. Would you come? Would you come home? Will you come to the Lord today? He's beckoning your heart. He's calling. He's pulling at your heart saying, I'm here. I'm knocking on your door if you're here and you say you know what I want to surrender I want to give my life to Jesus I've had it I've acknowledged that I'm not going to be able to do it on my own you know what maybe you came here shameful with fear in your heart saying man I might get rejected again I might get frowned upon again guess what no no Jesus is here and he wants to embrace you. If you're that person and you say, I want to give my heart to Jesus today, would you just lift your hand right where you're at? God bless you. God bless you. Bless you, brother. I bless you over here. God bless you. And just, I'm going to ask you to do something. Could you repeat this prayer with me? And everybody else in the room is going to repeat it with us, okay? Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. I ask you to come into my heart forgive my sins forgive me Lord I give you my life come and guide me come and wash me Lord you said that you've settled it that if I come to you you would wash me and make me white as snow Guide me, Lord, from now on, in Jesus' name, name. Amen. amen, amen, amen. Why don't we just lift our hands to the Lord? Just take a moment to worship him. With your own words, just say, Father, I love you. Jesus, I love you. I thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Thank you for encountering me. Thank you, Lord.
1: I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to worship you. Take joy, my key in what you hear. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Can you sing that again? Just say it. I love you, Lord.
0: In church and just sing I love you
1: aqui amen amen father i just bless your church
0: lord i just bless their coming and they're going i bless their morning their evening lord that you would just be with them that they would have beautiful wonderful loving encounters with you this week lord and their alone times in their car at their workplace wherever they are lord that they would have an encounter with you jesus with your love with your power and your presence father i just pray that you would walk with them wherever they go lord that your presence would be so palpable that they would make a difference in the life of others. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. God bless you, church. Hallelujah. Thank you. We will have uh, prayer teams up here. If you need prayer, please come. We wanna pray for you. Also, if you wanna come, if you're interested in coming tonight at four, Uh, For the uh, membership classes, you're welcome to come also. God bless you, church. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Heart for the World Church sermon podcast. We hope that God's Word has inspired you today in a way that will boost your faith greatly. We want to encourage you to visit our website at hftw.church. And follow us on our social media. May God bless you richly.